0: is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dow Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Fawn Germer to the show. Fawn will talk about navigating ageism and keeping up with technology for the seasoned worker, whether you're renewing or resuming your career. Welcome. I'm so excited to talk with you today.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. You know, it's
0: such an interesting time as we navigate through this pandemic. Here we are in 2021 and certainly some lights at the end of the tunnel with vaccines coming and, you know, positivity rates going down. But boy, has it re- I don't know, just completely wreaked havoc on the the career world. And so many people have been displaced or they're underemployed because of the pandemic. And near and dear, you and I really appreciate women in the workforce and why they're different. So I want to ask right off the bat, what was the genesis of writing the book, Coming Back? What did that start from?
1: Well, <clears throat> I am a a speaker like you, and about half of my business is women's leadership. And after one major, major conference, I went to the lounge with some very well-known women in, in business leadership. So these are people that we read about in the Wall Street Journal and New York Times. And they are at really Fortune 50 companies. And they started talking about feeling like they had been sidetracked, and we're about to get cast out now that they had hit their 50s. And I thought, wow, listening to them is just like listening to my neighbors and my friends. What's going on here? Because here are the people who are at the pinnacle of their careers, right? They're the, the role models. They're, they're my mentors. They're people we really hold up there. And How could a workplace be so callous as to discard so much talent? So I thought I'm writing a book on age discrimination, but I'm also a former investigative reporter and I really am irritated by people who write books and just write what they think without going really deep. So I did about 300 interviews for this project and that included CEOs, senior executives, workplace consultants, academics, and professionals. And I just wanted to find out what the issue was and There is a ton of age discrimination out there, but that may be an explanation. It's not an excuse because you have to look at what causes the age discrimination. And that is something we have total control over. It is that there's an assumption that as we age, we haven't kept up. And because we haven't kept up, we're not relevant. So that the longer you're in the workplace, Likely, your salary is higher than people who are new hires, right? And if you're making more than a millennial or a Gen Zer who comes in, and those people are more tech agile and more geared toward the change pace that's going to drive into the future, they're more valuable to the workplace. So, what that meant is we just needed this big tough love moment to figure out what we needed to do to make ourselves relevant and viable as job candidates. And fortunately, I came up with a solid plan that will get people back in. So it's not doom and gloom, but we have some work to do.
0: I love the tough love concept because I I hear so many um, 50-somethings and even 60-somethings just complaining about technology. And and like you, I say, come on, folks, let's get with the program because this is here to stay. And it's innovating so fast that you've got to be a step ahead. You can't just catch up. You've got to be a step ahead and be prepared. But Fawn, let let me back up and say, we're working longer, right? My parents retired at 65. It was sort of the target age of right. when you retired. That's changing. You know, we're even looking at social security yeah. projections that people won't be able to retire until maybe 70, right? It's it's a new normal, which means that right. we need to be relevant even longer for that lifespan of our career. So, how do you get there to help those mid-level and I don't mean I don't mean rank wise right but those 50 60 year olds that are really starting to be weeded out as you mentioned uh, with ageism how do you get them to understand what they need to be relevant
1: Well I think the first thing I want to say is that it would be nice if it was only a problem for people in their 50s and 60s but we're starting to see this for people in wow. their 40s and when we hit our, our peak earnings, this is shocking. For a woman, your peak paycheck comes when you are 40 years old. And for a man, it's 47. And I, did you get a memo that you were going to likely suffer pay decreases after I age bet, 40? No. no. Right. I, it's like, nobody warned me of that. And you know, a lot of times you see that it, your pay continues to get these incremental cost of living increases. But what happens is your acceleration does not advance. And and that's the case for most people after 40. So once you're in your 40s, it is on. You have to prove that you are relevant and you're insatiably curious that you're still with it. And after all those interviews for the book, the thing that shocked me the most was how shocked people are when it happens to them. They see it happening to their colleagues and to their their friends, and they aren't surprised by that. But when they are the victims of it, they're like, "Wait a minute!" And they say, "Well, I'm tech savvy," and it's like, "Come on, really? Are you as up on things like big data and machine learning, artificial intelligence, robotics, blockchain, things like that, as a millennial?" And if you're being honest, come on. You're not. I wasn't. Okay. I it's. I wrote this book. I had to do a lot of work to get to where I thought I was caught up. And you can't just be caught up because if you have the highest paycheck in the room, you have to be able to drive what's coming into the future. Now, now the biggest thing, don't let this intimidate you. You don't have to be a programmer. Right. You just have to know what this stuff is and then how it's applied and the good news on that is that, you know, you take a couple of months and say, I need to learn this and you do some online learning and you're, you're there, you get what you need. But if you stubbornly say they don't respect my experience and, and they have no respect for somebody who's been there and done what I've done and I could, was, could do something when they were back in diapers, I've been doing this and, and it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They like the younger talent because they think they're more agile when it comes to change. You're
0: right. You, we, you've got to check the ego at the door because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a return on investment, right? Are you valuable enough? Does your salary bring enough other, uh, you know, bottom line revenue to the organization?
1: Absolutely. And I have to say to acknowledge those who are feeling this and feeling a little bit stung by it, it is insulting. Yeah. I get that. And it's frustrating, but it's reality. So if that's reality and you want a viable career, the first thing I want you to say to yourself is, what if my greatest success hasn't even happened again? Because that gets you out of that mindset that it's all downhill and you got, it's just going to be scraps that you have. So you just make up your mind, you're going to get in the game and then you start making a list of the things you have to do so that you can actively play at the higher level and deliver. Because the groovy, cool, badass, and you can do that. But if you just do what you've always been doing, you're going to be cast out.
0: I love the groovy, cool, badass. Let's talk a bit, too, because I, I love this in the book. You talk about you got to know what your expiration date is on your skill set. And you really talk uh, yeah. very clearly about the necessity of upskilling. You mentioned there's so many things online, so many things that are even free. What kinds of things should... Um, women in particular, be looking for as far as really making sure that their skill set is current and cutting edge?
1: Well, the thing is, as a woman, and and I love working with women so much. And with that, we are good learners. That's the good thing is that we can absorb things, we can put it into context and, and figure it out. So really, I say, the first thing you do is you look at your industry. And So say that I were still in newspapers, although it would be fruitless to do this and say trends in the newspaper industry because that wouldn't look real good. But say you're in insurance. You'd say trends in the insurance industry. And then look at what they're saying technology is going to do. And then see what skills you're going to need in order to understand that technology. And then you go to edx.org and that's edx.org or coursera.org. And that's C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A.org. And these are these gigantic portals of online learning from schools like Harvard and Yale and Berkeley and Oxford. And you can take classes there for free. So if you need to know artificial intelligence, you can learn it from somebody who is teaching it at a premier institution. You're going to get the latest information. And The first time I did this, I took a class on innovation from MIT. And that makes me sound really smart, I think. But, you know, honestly, it's an online class. It took 20 hours. And instead of getting all type A with it, like I was trying to, it occurred to me, you already have your degrees. You don't need the credit. Just get the information. You don't even need to pass the class. You need the information. So take these classes. You can add them to your resume as just additional areas of study. You cannot say that you were a student at Harvard, but you can say you took a class through the Harvard extension. And then that shows that you are relevant, that you're still chasing it and figuring it out. And then the other thing is look at the job, discriminate, the job descriptions online for what you're looking for and see the skills that they want. And those are skills you have to have. And look one or two levels beyond where you are. Get those skills.
0: Fawn, I love this conversation. We're going to continue, and we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers... Let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at CarolineDoubtHiggins.com. I I love that you shared edX.org, Coursera, um, LinkedIn Learning also has some great stuff. And the, the, the beauty of this is it's free. It's open source. And what I'm hearing you say is we need to be responsible for our own professional development and lifelong learning. We cannot default to our employer and expect them to take care of us. We've got to take control.
1: Oh, if you're waiting to hear from your employer on what you need for training, you are dead because you have to remember the younger people are getting it. They're hungry for that. Yeah, And this is something else that's really important is that younger people are not the enemy. They're not, they are delivering. They did a good job, even though they had work habits that left us just gobsmacked. We're like, how can you do that? You can't behave that way. You didn't earn the right, wait your turn. All those things that you heard older people saying when younger people came into the workplace. Well, The younger ones delivered and now they're starting to take leadership positions in companies and they're hiring. And the biggest thing is you have to be able to show that you are willing to work with these people without telling them repeatedly, well, I have so much experience and I have a grandchild who's your age and all of that stuff. You have to be part of a team that can work with younger people. A good thing about that is they love helping you. So, you don't go in there like a big old dodo. Oh, I don't understand artificial intelligence. But you can say, "Hey, can you show me how you do that?" And they'll show you. They like to do that. They hate to be lectured to, so don't go that route. And don't act like you deserve any more than than they do because right now they're the hot ticket. Again, it's wrong because we've worked there a long time and and we want we want some sort of payoff for all of our hard effort. So that is wrong and it's frustrating and it's insulting, but it's our reality. So that if we make peace with it and just get on board, there is so much success in front of us. I appreciate your candor, right? Make peace
0: with it, move forward and and take your power back. So Fawn, you you write a lot about how some people, women in particular, are sidelined when they take time off for work for personal reasons or family reasons, and goodness Mm -hmm. knows the pandemic has really defaulted to so many women who have had to supervise kids learning at home uh, because of, uh, you know, working from home. So how do we navigate that in the workplace? Well,
1: the good thing about that is when you are working from home, if you do the right things to raise your profile during those online meetings, you can actually gain some ground I know you feel like you're drowning, but maybe you're not. So just take a minute and start looking at what you're delivering and how you're delivering it. And are you actively advertising to the people who you work with what you are doing? Now, if you take a timeout and actually leave the workplace, just keep doing something to give you yourself some new skills. And you brand yourself and advertise yourself that way. And through LinkedIn, LinkedIn is such a great tool. And you go there and you pick the companies where you want to work and start adding people in there and commenting on their posts so that you build a network that's going to deliver when you're ready to ask for favors. Oh, and one more thing. When you ask for favor, ask for a favor. None of this wimpy, do you know anybody who can do this? Or can you send my resume? No. It's called calling in a chit. Men have done that forever. They think nothing of adding, of asking for a favor. But women, we're, we're not wanting to put anybody out or make anybody uncomfortable. And it's time to go gorilla with that. And I found that when I knew somebody who had been out of work for quite a while, and she was probably three weeks from living in her car. And this was someone I had worked with. She was so competent. She needed a job. I had circulated her resume before, but didn't call in the chit. And in doing this, I learned about how we go gorilla. So I I sent an email to six people of influence. And the subject line was personal favor. And I told her story. This is someone I worked with. She deserves a great job. She has to get hired right now. Yeah. So I need you to figure out what we can do at your company so that we can get her something so she's not homeless. And within two weeks, she had an $80,000 a year job. Wow. Wow. But we don't do that. We have to say when we want something, say, I need a personal favor. You have to be that direct. And you say exactly what that favor is. It's not, will you circulate my resume or will you let me know if anything comes up? It's I've seen that you have an opening for a director of whatever. I need you to contact so-and-so tomorrow. Mention me, get my resume to him or her. And then can you get them to do a zoom and coffee with me just so we can talk about this, say exactly what you need and put it out there. Now you don't get to do it more than once in, in every few years, but if you've got someone in your network Leverage that connection. Don't just let it be some sort of a hope they help you. Make them help you.
0: I love that. The specificity really matters. And you're right. We can learn from our male counterparts because they've been doing this for
1: decades and nothing of it. Exactly. my, My first book came out, and all anybody said to me was, You need to get your book on Oprah. And I remember my neighbor was raking the leaves and he goes, You need to get your book on Oprah. And I'm like, Yeah, Dave. Well, who do you know? And he says, well, just, just call Cokie Roberts. I said, Dave, I don't know Cokie Roberts. I interviewed her for an hour and a half. And he goes, well, her picture's on the cover of your book because they had a bunch of the women I had interviewed for this, this leadership book. And and I thought I would never do that to her. But she and I were speaking at the same event about six months later. And I told her that story. And I said, what would you have done if I had called you and asked? And she goes, you know, wouldn't it help? Because every time I have a book come out, I, I call Oprah and she doesn't even take my call. <laughs> but, but it's that idea that I would never want to put her out. And yeah. if somebody asks you for a favor, you gently try to help them. So exactly. ask. Guys don't think a thing of it.
0: You'll never get it if you don't ask. Exactly. Right. Don't exactly. ask, do So Fawn, as we wrap, I'm I'm putting myself in the shoes of so many of the women that are listening around the world and I can just hear them as a fellow coach and a speaker. They're saying, okay, I've been at this for a while. I'm in that plateau. I'm losing hope and they're getting down. What do you tell them? How do you inspire them out of that funk?
1: Well, the thing is that when everybody else is giving up, you find your greatest opportunity to succeed. And I've, you know, I've learned that through the years. And I, that's what I tell all my coaching clients too, is just take the next step and then the next and the best metaphor. And I, w- I really want people listening to think of this. So my feet aren't the greatest feet, but they get me where I need to go. And I like to do very long beach walks. So 10 to 13 miles, but by mile seven, my feet are killing me and they're screaming. And I learned a long time ago that if I just take a left step and then with the right and then the left and the right, sooner or later, I get where I need to go. So if everyone else is giving up, it leaves you a window if you just keep taking the next step. And that means every day have something you can do to move yourself towards your goal. You're going to spend a half an hour commenting on LinkedIn things, adding people to your network. You're going to do five zoom calls a week with people. You're going to work really hard to make every single thing happen because if you keep taking another step and then another, you get there. But one thing I learned in this book is that when you're in a hard to place category, you can't rely on online job applications. It just doesn't happen. It's your network. So that's your job. And the good thing about that is, and I bring this out in the book is, is that you can absolutely, absolutely expand your network right now. It's a great time to be doing that, and that is what is going to deliver you.
0: Fawn, bon, I always learn so much from you. I've been following you for years. What a joy to have you on the bon. show! And thank yeah, thank you. What a what a privilege to have you on the show. Let me tell this global audience who is listening with bated breath about your book. It's called Coming Back how to win the job you want when you lost the job you need. And of course it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers, but you have this very gracious offer that you're going to share with the listening audience. So have at it.
1: Right. So I'm sending you the links for this, but I've got two freebies. One is on how to recharge your career during COVID and the other is on taking the next step because you got to go for it. You got to, you got to take that next step. So, it will lead you where you can download that, and I'm I'm happy to share that.
0: That is awesome. Fawn, thank you, and I wish you continued success. Thank you for inspiring our global audience, and I hope our paths cross in person sometime in the safe future.
1: Wouldn't that be great to go do some big speaking again? I'm I missing know. that out
0: there. We'll get there. We'll get there all in okay. good time. Be well, my yeah. dear.
1: Thanks so much, Carolyn.
0: And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at Higgins. A special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening.